You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. I want to start off this morning with an exercise, and if you trust me and you feel comfortable, I'd ask you to close your eyes. I ask you to take a deep breath. Imagine that you're at a beach. If you have little kids like I do, uh, the grandparents have taken the kids, so you're there by yourself. You have a beverage of choice in your hands. You're right at that spot where the waves are hitting the shore and washing over your feet and legs. It's sunrise or it's sunset and you don't have a care in the world. Deep breath. Now stay there with me. That was the scariest song of my childhood. Did you notice something happening internally in you when it went from the waves crashing, you're imagining yourself at the beach, to this music? Something emotionally happening inside. Psychologists uh, a few decades back did this test where they showed a video of a tropical paradise and peaceful music playing and then walking through this, this group of people, walking them through this exercise. And they showed them that exercise. said, write down everything that you feel inside and how you feel. And people felt serenity. They felt at peace. They felt calm. And then they showed them the exact same video, the exact same location. Everything's the same except the music. It's Jaws music. And said, write down what you, what you experience now. What are you feeling inside now? And of course, in that moment, they said, I feel a sense of apprehension. My, I tighten up a little bit. And I don't know if you're like me, I can never go into water that's deeper than I can touch the ground or I can't see the bottom of it without thinking about Jaws. It just messes me up. And so psychologists created this idea, this, this, this thought called shark music. And shark music is the internal soundtrack that plays in our minds when we walk into certain situations. What was interesting about that study was that they were showing the exact same thing, the exact same environment, but it was the soundtrack that changed things for them. And psychologists say that's kind of like us, that when we walk into certain environments, we have a soundtrack in our mind that's playing, that's telling us this is a safe place to be or it's not. You can relax or not, that we have this internal soundtrack that plays. And most of us this week are going to go spend time with our family or our friends over Thanksgiving. We're going to eat food that, we, that reminds us of, of, of better times, that's nostalgic, that, that's feel-good food. Most of us are going to have that same experience. We're with people that are close to us. We're eating good food. But we're going to have a different soundtrack playing in our heads. Some of us are going to walk into our family environment, our friends environment, our Thanksgiving environment, and we're going to be able to take a deep breath and just relax. We're going to be like, feel like we're able to be ourselves. We're going to just be able to kind of kick it back and have a good time. It's a safe place to be. So some of us will have that experience that when we walk into our family environment, it just feels so safe that we can just relax and unwind. 
but some of us are going to have a different soundtrack playing. Some of us are going to walk into our family environments and we're going to tense up. We're going to be guarded. We're going to be on edge. We're going to feel the tension in the room and it's going to be exhausting. Some of us are going to walk into that environment and it's going to be a time of grief and sadness because maybe we lost someone this past year that completely changes the family dynamics of Thanksgiving. Or when we're around each other, it reminds us that that person is no longer with us and what they brought to that environment is no longer with us. So there's going to be a sense of grief or sadness or there might be a broken family dynamic that creates a lot of stress and a lot of pettiness. The holidays can be a great time of joy for some people and a great time of stress and sadness for other people. And so I just want us to acknowledge in the room that this week is going to be different for us. Some of us will be able to relax, rewind, be refreshed. Others are already on edge about what's going to take place over the next week. Same experience, close people, food, different dynamic. Now, shark music, the idea of shark music is that there's things in our past that were genuinely terrifying or harmful or painful. And then we walk into an environment that reminds us of that past. It senses us back up and that soundtrack, that jaw soundtrack starts playing in our minds. That's the shark music, the internal dialogue that happens when you walk into environments that you don't think are safe or, or pleasant. Now this morning I want to talk about what's the way that we can, can begin to combat shark music in our lives. And that is the practice of gratitude. And I want to say this up front, uh, sometimes shark music is, is actually helpful. Like if there's a shark in the water, you should get out, right? <laughs> I'm not trying to give sharks a bad rap, it's just a metaphor, okay? You guys can watch Shark Week and figure that out. Sometimes there is a shark in the water, the shark music is super helpful, and you need to get out, right? It, it does serve us in some ways. But a lot of times there's not a shark in the water, but our nervous system, our, our mental and emotional energy starts acting up and actually works against us. It harms the quality of our life and the quality of our relationships. And the trick is to know how to discern when, which is which. Um, but the practice of gratitude is something that can help us increase our mental health and help us work against the shark music in our lives. But I also want to say, gratitude is just one tool in the toolbox. It's not a cure-all, be-all. It's something that can just move the needle a little bit. And, and as they've done psychological studies about the power of gratitude and how it works in communities. They've shown it increases our overall happiness and well-being by a, mar a, a small but significant margin. So that's what I'm offering. It's not a cure-all for anxiety or depression or grief. It's just one tool that can move the needle a little bit towards having a healthier life. Now, gratitude has been promoted uh, from the wisdom teachers of old. Cicero, uh, the Greek philosopher, Roman philosopher, said that, that gratitude is the mother of all other virtues. It's the foundational virtue which the other virtues are built. I'm a huge fan of the Stoic philosophers, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, uh, Epictetus, and they all are huge proponents of gratitude as a practice to help you be, be strong and resilient and, and be healthy. And the Bible, of course, is just full of verses and challenges for us to be grateful. Paul tells us in everything to give thanks. And my favorite verse about gratitude is at the end of Philippians. Paul says this. He says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, 
If there is any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I just want to read that again. Finally, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise, think about these things. The writer of Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. And Paul tells us, if you set your mind intentionally on these things that are beautiful and good and pure, he goes on to say, the peace of God that surpasses understanding will be upon you. The God of peace will be with you. Set your mind and focus on these things. So what is gratitude? I'm going to give us a working definition for gratitude. Gratitude is intentionally recognizing the unearned value that others bring into your life. Intentionally recognizing the unearned value that others bring into your life. I want to point out three things about this definition. The first thing is that there's an intentionality to it. Being grateful and having a, a, a practice of gratitude requires intentionality, focusing your attention on good things. There's intentionality there. Secondly, unearned value. Uh, one point of gratitude is that when things are given to you that you didn't earn or work for yourself. An example of that in relation to God might be you experience this beautiful sunset and you feel contentment and peace and, and happiness. You're in all of the beauty. You didn't do anything to create that sunset or the atmosphere that created these beautiful colors. That was unearned, an unearned gift that God gave to you. And gratitude is simply taking a moment to intentionally recognize, God, thank you for this thing that I could not have produced on my, in my own power, but you gave to me. So gratitude is intentionally recognizing unearned value that others bring into your life. And then last, the third piece of that is others bring into your life. It could be God, it could be friends, family, coworkers, whatever, but gratitude pulls you outside of yourself and says, I am, I am thankful for the presence of these other beings in my life and the value that they bring into my life. So gratitude is other centered. It, it connects us with the world and it connects us with God. So gratitude is intentional. It's unearned and it's others focused. It recognizes the goodness and beauty of the world. Uh, so how does gratitude help? And we give three, three thoughts about how gratitude can help us add value to our lives. The first thing I'd say is it increases your overall sense of well-being, contentment, and happiness. And there's so many psychological studies that, that, that point to the, how practices of gratitude make the people that do that are, are just generally happier people. It adds to your sense of of contentment and well-being. Now, there's a phenomenon called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Does anybody know what that is? I didn't know what it is till this morning. I knew what it was, but I didn't know the name for it. Okay, and you, you'll know what it is, but you didn't know the name for it. It's the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. So recently, we bought a car. We bought an Infinity car. I didn't know that was even a company. Infinity, it's a car, it's a car company. Now everyone in Shreveport drives one. I see them everywhere. That's the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. When you buy something like a car, you know, like no one has a blue Subaru Forester, and then everyone has a blue Subaru Forester. You see them everywhere. It's this idea that once you start intentionally recognizing value in something, you, you, you see it more. Once you place attention towards something's value, you begin to see it in other places. That's what gratitude does. It amplifies our capacity to see goodness in the world. Once we start paying attention to the good things that are happening in our lives and the, and the value that God and others are bringing into our lives, once we begin to pay attention to that, it actually expands our ability to see it. Uh, it. Scientifically, it enhances our ability to remember details about things. 
Gratitude pulls us into being more present in our lives. And there's a little ton of science around. If you can be present and not distracted in your life, it's just, you're happier. That's just it. So gratitude makes us more present to the world around us. It allows us to see the blue Subarus everywhere. If you like blue Subarus, whatever it might be. Gratitude gives us an awareness, an increased awareness to the goodness in our lives. It enhances the details. It makes us see life in HD. Secondly, gratitude increases your resilience to trauma. Now, trauma, typically in our past, if you've had trauma in your past, it, it's a significant event of pain that you had a sense of helplessness over, and it shaped you in a way, and it continues to have this impact over the years. Trauma can have negative impact for the rest of your life if you don't, if you don't deal with it. When you begin to practice gratitude, the studies show that it actually begins to, to negate some of the negative impact of past trauma in your life. In a sense, it reframes the stories a little bit. In another sense, it gives you a greater context of what your life is about so you don't get like tunnel vision on the trauma, but you see that God or, or others uh, exist outside of that one story and you get a bigger picture of the universe. So as you practice gratitude and see the goodness of the world and different things, it, it lessens the impact of past trauma. It also builds resilience for future trauma because you begin to see the world in a generally good and beautiful place. So gratitude can increase your resilience to trauma. It can reduce the impact of trauma in your past, but also uh, help mitigate the future impact of trauma. And then lastly, I would say that gratitude strengthens your social bonds. Now, based on the, on the definition I gave of gratitude, gratitude is intentionally recognizing the unearned value that others bring to your life. How could that not help you feel more connected with others and feel connected with the world? Gratitude strengthens your social bonds because it's connected to how others have helped you throughout their life. One thing that's, that's key in a marriage is, is what you spend your attention on. If you spend all your time thinking about how your spouse drives you crazy, like you're going to have a lot of negative energy built up. And when they do the thing that drives you crazy, you get, you're, you're more sensitive towards it. It's like the blue Subaru effect, but in a negative way, right? If you focus on the thing that drives you, drives you crazy about your spouse, like you notice it more, it irritates you more, and it just kind of compiles, builds resentment, and, and goes poorly. <laughs> Gratitude has the opposite effect. If you can focus on the value that your spouse brings to your life, it creates a healthy relationship. That doesn't mean we should ignore <laughs> unhealthy patterns and, and things in your marriage. Not at all. But what we spend our time paying attention to is what we spend our energy on. So gratitude in our relationships builds stronger bonds and, and, and connection and warmth. As we recognize uh, the, the help we've received, we recognize our interconnectedness with others. So gratitude helps us by increasing our overall well-being. We, we begin to receive, it opens up our bandwidth to receive the goodness of the world. Secondly, it, it increases resilience to trauma. And then thirdly, it builds stronger relational connections and healthier relationships. So I want to close with, how do we practice gratitude? Now, the first kind of the easy mark, the easy thing to talk about is just every day or once a week or a few times a week, sit down and make a list of the things that you're grateful for. And that's certainly helpful. That certainly can, can add to your happiness and, and, and increase in awareness. But I want to kind of take it further than that because as the, the, the psychological studies have kind of shown these different gratitude practices, that first practice has the smallest effect on your happiness, which is just making a list of things you're grateful for. It is good. It's great. Uh, but if you just stop with that, you're not going to get the full impact of psychological well-being with gratitude. So make a list. That's great. 
would say take it a step further and, and proactively tell the other person what you're grateful for, what if the other person helped you in some way this week or added value to your life in some way this week, proactively going and saying, hey, that really was great. I loved it when you did X. I loved it when you did this. If the person is God, then you say, God, I'm really grateful that you showed me that sunset. So making a list, but then proactively going to the person that that benefited you and telling them that, that, that amplifies uh, the, the gratitude impact. It compounds maybe the connection you feel and then I'd say take it a step further and then begin to pay it forward. So if you really like someone showed you this, this great new restaurant and that really was awesome, and you go say, hey, thank you so much for showing me that restaurant, you pay it forward by taking someone else to that restaurant. Or if you know that there's a certain spot in Shreveport that the sunset's just amazing, and you've experienced that, you, you, you take your kids, you take your wife, you take a friend, say, hey, let's go watch the sunset together, and you share that with someone else. So you pay it forward. You recognize it, you, you, you give verbal thanks to the person, that, that brought you value, and then you begin to share it with other people as well. Psychologists have found that the biggest gratitude practice that has an impact on you is when someone else shares how they're grateful for you. Now that can seem a little self-serving. Hey, go, go help somebody else so they can thank you for it. That seems a little self-serving, but what I get from that is gratitude is meant to be practiced in community. That when we practice in community, when we thank other people, and when we're generous and we share with other people the things that have brought value to our lives, and they thank us, it creates this environment or this ecosystem of warmth, connection, happiness, and gratitude. So one last challenge for us today. Um, I want you to think back on your life to a time when someone was very helpful to you when their help made a tremendous impact on the decision you made, on the resources you had available, maybe they gave advice that just changed your mind or encouraged you, whatever it might be. Think back in, the, in your past life, what, what's a moment where this person was extremely helpful to you? For example, four, four years ago, Ash and I, we lived in Richmond and I quit a job because it was just no longer a healthy place for me to be. And we had four kids, and I quit a job without a job, which I don't recommend. Uh, it was stressful financially. But I had a close friend, uh, Landon, who we, we had kind of a going away party for the time I was at this place working. And Landon, unbeknownst to me, I didn't ask him to, went around with my, uh, to my friends, and they just raised a, a lot of money, a substantial sum of money to kind of cover us for a few months and our bills. And I, look, I can look back on that even four years later and when I think about that memory, and I think about Landon taking that effort and intentionality uh, to look out for us, and then all of our friends doing that as well, I just think uh, I get a lot of warm fuzzies. It, it, it brings me back to that moment. I can, I can extract joy from that action years later. And there's studies that show that when we can anchor our gratitude practice in stories, and when we can think back on, on those moments in our lives, we can still extract happiness and contentment even now, even though that thing happened four years ago for me. So the question I have for you is, can you think back on a time in your life when someone was, was helpful? And, and as you go to lunch or go throughout this afternoon, I just want you to kind of spend three minutes thinking about that story. And then I want to challenge you. Text, call, email, say to that person face-to-face, -face, hey, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, three weeks ago, when you said this, when you did this, whatever, that was so impactful in my life. And I just want to thank you for doing that. That's my challenge for you this morning. Paul says this, 
Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Amen. Let's pray.